Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host, Jared. And I'm Edwina. And if you listen to this, this is our Once More With Feeling series on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Today, Eddie, we are doing Season 5, Episode 12. Oh, that means we're over the hump now, aren't we? Yeah. Over the hump. Uh, Checkpoints. Checkpoints. This episode first aired uh, January 23rd, 2001. Written by Doug Petrie and Jane Espenson and directed by Nick Marek. Wow, you got all the names right. I got the names right, Eddie. Thank you so much. Over to you, Eddie. Uh, This is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan, but Jared has never watched the series all the way through and I'm trying to convince him. It's worth his time. Yes, yes. So, as I mentioned, over the hump of uh, season five, we're into episode 12 out of 22. Yeah. Uh, So... I don't know what episode number this is. Ninety somethingeth. We're getting close to the one hundred, Eddie. <laughs> I know. Getting close to one hundred. And if you are listening to us, please like, share, subscribe. Just want to throw the call to action there in case you don't listen to the end. No one listens to the end. No. I usually save at the end. Um, but well, yeah, Eddie. So uh, checkpoint, Eddie. What was it like revisiting this episode? And what was it like the first time you saw it? Well, you know, this is it's an overarching episode, and we finally find out what. Glory is. Yes, we do. Uh, I actually really love this episode. I feel like it's a it's a little feel-good episode just because of that little speech that she does at the end. And um, I do really love that this episode has this exploration of power dynamics. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because Buffy gets absolutely shitted on all the way through this episode. Constantly. <laughs> constantly. Just Constantly. By the people that should be her subordinates. Yes, exactly. Um, and, you know, and it, but the other thing is it's not just the Watchers Council. Like we know the Watchers Council are awful. Yeah. But you had pretty much everyone she came in contact with. It was. like I'm just, I'm just rethinking it now. Everyone walked into the room and just shut on her and walked out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you got like the um, university professor um, – didn't like being dictated by her or questioning. Well, she was just bringing up, like, it was just that thing that, you know, her her thoughts and opinions were completely invalid. Hmm. Um, yes. Would you like to teach? Yes. <laughs> and as a woman, that, that happens a lot. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> happens a lot, Jared. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and then you've got Spike. Spike starts taking a jab at her as well and start saying, you know, maybe you're losing your looks and <laughs> putting all her value on her looks yeah. pretty much and her age. Mm. Um, yeah, so he starts grinding on her confidence as well. But, yeah, it's not just... Yeah, everyone had something to say, didn't they? Yeah, and Glory and the Knights of Byzantium. Um, <laughs> Pazuzu. <laughs> uh, We're going to see more of those guys? Yes, unfortunately. Okay. All right. So we do get the return of the awful Watchers Council, um, and we get the introduction of the Knights of Byzantium, who are, they are just actually a walking plot hole, and I'll get into All that. All right, yeah, we'll save that for Ron. And and they do add to the reason why I don't like this season, because they there are just so many things wrong about them. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely wrong. Um, and, yeah, and this episode does sort of feel like, you know, enter like – that it's about sort of venturing into adulthood. Like throughout it, Buffy is, you know, she's constantly being called a child like and treated like a child mm, as well. Yeah. 
I think even in that speech at the end, the girl says something about civilians, but we're talking about children. Um, yeah. And they even call Xander just a boy. Yeah, and yeah. And I'm like, they are not... They're all like pushing 30. <laughs> yeah, but they've all got jobs and responsibilities. They've, mm. you know, they've... You know, they weren't children three apocalypses ago. Like yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, I I do really like this episode. Um, okay, all right, top tier, Eddie. Well, we we get that great Captain America fist pump speech that she does. Okay, yeah. That just kind of makes all of that shitting. Like you know, it is that thing where she does find her value and that she is the powerful one. Yeah. And they should be working for her, mm. <laughs> not the other way around. For sure, yeah. And she's not a child. No, no, she's not. Okay, Eddie, well, that uh, sounds like a lot to get through. So it seems like we might have a lot, have a lot to get through in this episode. So I'll get the summary out the way yep. and we'll get back to it. The council arrives in Sunnydale and they merely disrupt the magic box, announcing that it will be closed for the duration of this day. Quinton Travis and his team of watchers plan to conduct an extensive review of Buffy's methods, skills, and abilities. The council claims to have information on Glory, but they won't reveal it until Buffy passes the review. Buffy must pass the council's review or risk having the shop shut down and Giles deported. Buffy worries that she may fail and place her friends and loved ones in great danger. The rest of the Scooby gang, including Spike, are interviewed for information about their involvement in the Slayer's life. In the training room, Buffy is blindfolded and her fighting skills are tested against one of the council members, but she fails the test. Upon returning home, Buffy finds Glory in her living room. Glory openly threatens to kill Buffy's loved ones and friends and forces her to watch her do so if she does not give up the key. Visibly disturbed, Buffy takes Dawn and Joyce to Spike for protection. On her way to the review meeting, Buffy is attacked by the Knights of Bazethium who want to destroy the key. Buffy realises that she holds power against both Glory and the Council. She demands that Giles be reinstated as a Watcher and instructs the Council to give her the information she needs. Quinton agrees to Buffy's terms and she asks him to tell her what kind of demon Glory is. But he corrects her that Glory is not in fact a demon, but is a god. Bum, dun, bum, dun. Probably needs a bump, bump, bump in the ending. I'll put one in. <laughs> yes, uh, a, a big revelation there. I didn't know that. I didn't know she was a god. Yeah. Well, there, there were kind of some, some clues. <laughs> were there? Oh, the fact that it, um, all her minions kind of worship her. Um, and well, and she me, does say yeah. she does say to Buffy, "You should be worshiping at my feet yeah. for even talking to you." Well, um, yeah, villains kind of think that they're themselves as gods, so I I can see that passing under the radar. Probably will make more sense the second time you watch it, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what do you want to start with, Eddie? Then, well, I think my t- first talking point was about Buffy being shitted on, but I think I already covered. I think that. we kind of covered that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, so my first talking point was about Buffy getting shitted on, uh, but that is sort of that form of, um, it's that form of psychological manipulation that, you know, happens within toxic relationships and abusive relationships is that that's how you 
keep them that's how you take away their power and lower their confidence is mm. by you know by constantly telling them that they're they're you know, worthless yes and, and uh they're just you know demeaning them yes constantly demeaning humiliating them, them humiliating them and yeah make them worthless and and they are nothing without you yes yes and that you need them you need them exactly um which is why that speech at the end is well, so yeah. great. <laughs> it is a real power dynamic and, and uh, we've spoken about well, well, this it, before. Well, it's used, but, but it's used as a form of control. Yeah, yeah. But it's also the, the power dynamic between the Watcher's Council and the Slayer and the fact that they seem to be the un- under the impression that, that the Slayer works for them. Yes. But, you know, they have no control over the Slayer. Like the Slayer appears yeah. by some un controllable force they don't summon a slayer do they no no they have no so they have no control of who or where the slayer is yeah so um they work for her she doesn't work for them and it's a power dynamic that they seem to keep forgetting yeah except well as travis says he's like you know the slayers change but the council stays the same so that's why they're like we're in charge you're just our tool. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. He calls her like an instrument constantly. Like they're just an <laughs> instrument of the count. Like the Slayer's just an instrument of the council. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They've. And if she dies, we'll get another one. But they've <laughs> got two. Like this is one of those things as well, is it? So they've got two Slayers, mm-hmm. and both of them are like, "Fuck the council." Yeah. Which I wonder how often that actually happens. <laughs> But yeah, but you know, they have that, I can't remember what they call it, that ceremony when they turn 18 to pretty much make sure that the Slayers stay young hmm. and are replaced. But Buffy yeah. passed that test. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't meant to pass it. <laughs> and and so she, you can see why she doesn't want them there because they have actually, like I think she says they've only, they've tried to kill her twice. Pretty sure they've actually tried to kill her three times. Wow. Hmm. The people that work for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing is that um, both the Knights of Bethesium and the Watchers Council claim to be good guys. Yes. Yeah. They're the good guys, right? Yeah. yeah they're exactly. Yeah. But, However. <laughs> but they don't come to her asking to work with her. No, they, they just don't. come at her threatening her. Yeah. And tell, and, you know, and putting her down. Like, and telling her she's worthless. Like, I think the knights say, you know, we have these enormous numbers, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, an army. You're inconvenienced, which is the next thing I'm going to talk about. Well, hang on, before we we move on. So, we've had had the initiative, we've got the Watchers Council, we've got the Knights of Banesiathem. Mm -hmm. So, if these guys were to form some sort of alliance, they could be very powerful. And could prevent bad things, or I'm not sure what they would do, but um, it could be a great allies together to defeat her. However, it just doesn't work out, does it? it? They're all fighting against each other. They're all struggling for control over to over the. Over, I'm not sure exactly what, but mm. uh, just in, instead of going together and doing something, they're all apart and doing nothing, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So instead of working together... To achieve something. To achieve something. They're all separated and doing nothing. And kind of fighting 
We're each fighting other. between each other between and achieving other. nothing. Yeah. yeah. And making it so much easier for the other team. Yeah. Because they don't have to do anything. Yeah. So this that's also a big issue with the Knights is that this is their introduction, but you get absolutely no information about them. Yeah. Like where did these guys come from? Why were they formed? What the hell are they doing? How on earth? Like what are the logistics of their operation? Because they are super conspicuous. Yeah. Like they're these, they've got, you know, t- they've got face tattoos <laughs> and they wear like chainmail armor as their garb. Like, why? <laughs> like, why are they fighting with swords and swords and bows and arrows? Like, why aren't they like a proper army against well, glory? Using guns. Yes. Yeah, no one uses guns enough in this show. But they're, they're supposed to, or, or magic or whatever. Something, yeah. Just something because they're supposed to be there to stop glory. Yeah. Like, they are. There to protect the world against glory, like. But what are they doing? <laughs> and how are they doing it without being noticed, like, by anybody? Is uh, is glory? And how oh, how are they? How are they conscripting these men? <laughs> are they religious sept? Are well, they, is it is that sort of their basis of their or their community? Is it? No. Okay. All right. Just some sort well, but of. then they've got these cleric- chainmail fight yeah. club sort of thing. Yeah, but then they've got these clerics as well that do magic. Hmm. Um, that, is that who we saw with the key? Is that no? Relate- they were the monks. They were another order. Oh, okay. All right. Um, another order. <laughs> yeah. And they're going on about destroying the key, and I'm just like, if this key is so dangerous, like why didn't the monks destroy it? Like why is every like why are they only trying to destroy? Like why was this key? even in existence to begin yeah. with. Like if it could be so easily destroyed, yeah. why? Like it, it seemed like it was something that couldn't be destroyed. That's why it was kind of there. Do we find out the lore of the key? No, and that's why, oh, I, really? why I kind of hate this season. So we're never really given an explanation as to what the key actually was before. Uh, look, like we, you do, but you don't. Oh, okay, all right. Like you get some explanation on the key and then you're like, that's the stupidest Mm. Like why? <laughs> Just the perfect plot device. Yep. And the other thing is, how are they feeding and housing all these thousands of men and horses? And how are they making all this chain mail? Where are they getting the money from? Yeah, where's the finances coming from? Like there's just nothing. Magic? <laughs> like I can understand maybe it's coming from magic or something like magic that. Magic to make money with magic? Uh, yeah, well, I think you can. Okay. Um, yeah. I can't see why not. There you go. Can you make guns with magic? Well, I just... Yeah, they don't make any sense. And then in later episodes, they're like riding around on horses. Like they've got like full cavalry. Yeah. Um, like it, Don't like dirt bikes, huh? Like, but where are they training? Like where are they, where are they living? How are mm. they all getting to Sunnydale? <laughs> like I mean, you can just... put like 20 bikes in a little shed. You couldn't house 20 horses in a little shed. You'd need a huge barn to do that. Yeah, yeah. And lots of hay and lots of feed and, yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, how do they know about that Buffy has anything? To, like, how are they getting their information? That's the other thing. Hmm. Like, it's never explained, ever. Yeah. Like, so like they, they, uh, are, they are literally a walking plot hole that adds nothing to this season. So you, you sort of feel like you could just, just yank them out. You and can yank these guys out yeah. and... It, like there is one plot point that they're key to. Yeah. But you could easily... Just make that part of the Watchers Council or something. Um, 
tied up with them or the monks you know what? or something. You, you could uh, like when we get to it. Yeah, I'll I'll okay. say how they could have. All right, all right, okay. Save that for one. Save it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and besides the knights, um, another thing that makes very little sense is when Willow and Tara are being interviewed. Um, by the Watchers' Council. And the Watchers' Council ask Willow and Tara uh, what level they're at. Okay, yeah. And are they registered under the names that that they gave to the Watchers' Council? A registration. A registration. Which roads or something? Well, here's the – that's the issue that I I see here is that Giles used to be part of the Watchers' Council – like and now we're finding out that there is some sort of institution of witchcraft okay. that Giles has never talked to Willow about. Well, maybe there was a reason. But does it like and it just well it makes me think like why wouldn't have Giles have mentioned it well, well, or whether or not uh, is this guy just bullshitting? Like, is there yeah. a place that like because Willow was you know season four desperately trying to learn how to do witchcraft. Hmm. Like desperately trying to move well, ma- up. Yeah, but maybe he didn't want, didn't really want to encourage it. Maybe. Well, she was obviously already interested in it, and she'd already been doing a number of spells with Giles, even. Yeah. Uh, like, wouldn't he have said to uh, okay. her, "Hey, this is a place that you can learn magic safe." Yeah. Well, okay. safely. Okay. Well, playing devil's advocate here, mm. so maybe he just didn't want her to get involved with the. With the Watchers Council, but maybe they're not part of the Watchers Council. Okay, or maybe that. Yeah, maybe that. I'm. I'm, oh, you're, I'm it's I'm, bullshit I'm, altogether. I'm thinking it's either bullshit altogether, or is there a whole other institution <laughs> to do with witchcraft? Why not? I mean, you got the Knights of Bazuzu, whatever they call them. <laughs> <laughs> the Knights Templar. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And the, the Knights, Knights of Knee. The Knights, the Knights of Knee. Knee. Not the night you say me. The same. Ah, uh, uh, yes, we've got your favourite. Um, Dawn is doing your favourite little overhearing, ease, oh, eavesdropping, eavesdropping, yeah. Constantly, she's constantly doing it. It's got nothing else to do, but the looks of it. <laughs> um, I hate it. All right, now I'll talk about the speech at the end, which okay. is sort of the very a very poignant moment in the episode. Yeah. Um, but there is something that really highlights the hypocrisy. And it was that where the blonde watcher interrupts Buffy saying that they're civilians. Um, they're not just civilians, they're children. Mm. <laughs> and Buffy has the great comeback line of, you know, two very powerful witches and a thousand year old demon. And that, um, and then they call Xander a boy who has no power. Uh, and she sort of clocks back with, you know, he's had more field time than all of them combined. Um, mm-hmm. My point is, is that why wasn't this an issue five years ago when they were actual kids Yeah, fighting with Buffy, fighting the... Like, I can't even count how many apocalypses they've actually been involved in. Yeah, and it's been a few. In. Yeah. <laughs> why, is it, why is it an issue now? Why is it an issue now? It's a very good question. Um, so the plot can happen, I guess. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that is that we already we know that a lot of Buffy's power 
comes from having her friends fighting alongside her and that they are her connection to the world. It's actually where a lot of her power comes from. Yeah, well, she needs them. Yeah, yeah exactly. And the Watchers Council, they're not doing it. They don't actively participate. It's just very annoying that they claim to be on the side of good, but... Well, uh, no, uh, I feel no, like, pre- I feel yeah. like they're a very corrupted bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah. As I said, we've gone over this several times before, yeah. but there, w- there was one thing when he was doing his speech that, or doing his talk that really irked me, and that was when he said he had information on glory. Mm-hmm. However, he was going to hold that back until Buffy passed some ridiculous review, which I was like, what? What? <laughs> Isn't this like an existential threat on humanity? Yeah. And you're going to hold this information back? back because she has to do some shitty fucking review well how is that how is that helpful how is that really helping anyone so she fails oh i guess we're not going to tell her we might as well put our heads heads between our legs and kiss our asses goodbye because we're fucked you know so what's the point of that why why even throw why even dangle that in front of her well i think buffy does a good you know within that speech that she does at the end yeah uh the review was you know it was pretty much so that they could pick apart her methods and pretty much it was it was to work their way back into yeah into the slayer's well, where this life. is where you're failing and this is how we're going to fix fix your problems yeah. almost like an infomercial like hey you you know uh, offer yeah. a problem then offer a solution you know and at this point they're thinking that buffy's really not doing anything she's not really like they think that she's just off you know partying and living yeah. her life normally yeah. because she's not Taking, Red party cups everywhere. Well, she's not taking the normal, you know, she's at college, she, you know, she must be just, you know, being a normal person, you know, normal person. God forbid. <laughs> she's not just, she's not solely focused on being a slayer. So they think that she's not really fighting the fight anymore. So, yeah. so maybe they are a bit skeptical, but again, they haven't been there. No. So they don't really know. Uh, but I think what the review was supposed to do was to make sure that, you know, get back in a circle and have her under control. Yeah. Uh, but her coming in and claiming her authority, the way that she actually ends up standing up to them, showing that she is actually a leader yeah, and having that confidence and the clarity of calling them out and, you know, and saying there's nothing you can do with that information <laughs> that you have. Yeah. Whatever like, you've got, like it's useless to you. If you could solve the problem without me, then why are you fucking here? Yeah. But I think because she ended up standing up to them and showing that she is actually an authority to be reckoned with, Yeah, that's when that he was kind of like, yeah, maybe we should be working together. Hmm. <laughs> she, should we? She, she well, that would be nice. Well, it is that funny thing that she kind of echoes back to Travers what he says to her at the start, even though he is incredibly condescending and, you know... Like, you're dealing with grown-ups now. That line always makes my blood boil. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, he says he says something about Buffy. Um, what does he say? He says Giles, something like, because Giles is all cracked up. He's like, let me talk to Buffy because I think she's understanding me. And then in Buffy's speech, she echoes that back with him, back to him. Because all the other watchers are getting all... Yeah. How dare she talk to us like that? Oh, yeah. The watchers can't wait. What the fuck? And getting swords thrown at them. Yeah. That was pretty pretty cool. Um, 
but yeah, and in her speech, she ends up saying that you know I want answers from Quentin because I think he's understanding me. Mm. <laughs> um, so I do like that little echo back because because you do see him go, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, sees an error in his ways. Yeah. Let me talk to Buffy because I think she's understanding me. Now, um, still talking about the Watchers Council. So Buffy, she gets Giles his job back with retroactive pay, but mm-hmm. she doesn't ask to get paid herself. This is often a big thing, a big discussion within the fandom saying, you know, why Why isn't the Slayer paid? <laughs> like it's, it's re- like, you know, people are very... Well, well, this is actually, it's an interesting thing you bring up and just sort of thinking about it, do heroes get paid if you're being paid are you a hero or just a mercenary (laughs) (laughs) when you really think about it that's a bit of a Mm. you know i think uh, the boys kind of do that a bit like what boys the boys the tv show the boys oh right okay right i thought you meant the boys no right uh yeah so if you're being paid to save the world then um i mean superman doesn't get paid yeah Batman doesn't get paid. Yeah, Batman's already a millionaire. <laughs> he doesn't pay him a dollar. Um, Aquaman, will they just pay him with whiskey? He's a king. He's a king. <laughs> Spider-Man doesn't get paid. He has a job. Taking He's... pictures of himself. <laughs> do, doing selfies. He's a photographer. <laughs> doing selfies. But yeah, uh, but still, I'm saying, you know, he, he doesn't, those characters don't get paid. Well, to, most to of save the time the they, have, they have jobs that keep them engaged in the world. Yeah, well, she's at college, so, but, um, but you know, you're talking about being paid for being the Slayer, though. Okay, yes. so you're being well, paid, being paid to be the hero. See that that's that's a bit of a conundrum because if you're being paid, then you know, are you really a hero? Yeah, something to think about. Yeah, uh, but my my thoughts on getting paid or the Slayer being paid. Okay, what are your thoughts, Eddie? Well, so if the Watchers Council had have approached Buffy. And offered to work with her, but pay her. Uh, that probably would have been a better way of controlling her. Yeah. If they wanted control of the Slayer, rather than coming in with threats, because then they could always use the your you know they could always use firing her. Um, as a as way a, of controlling her. As a way her. of yeah. controlling her. Well, see, maybe they maybe they didn't have to necessarily pay her money directly. They could have at least. Uh, paid for expenses for her, like uh, you know, gave her a lavish apartment, a car, stuff like well, that. Well, the whole thing is, is if they are, if they do pay her, it means that she can concentrate on slaying. Like she doesn't have to work a nine to five job or work a minimum wage job. Or yeah, yeah. So that that could be, and that way you don't cross. But if they instead of paying her, they're giving her expenses, and that could sort of at least not blur the lines. Of you know, having to pay the hero and whether that's sort of right or wrong, but take care of her expenses at least. See, again, she doesn't have to work to live and to to do stuff like that. So that could be a compromise, maybe. Yeah, but that that could still be used as a means of control. But yeah, and still, yeah, that's what I mean. And still, yeah. have a means of control. So yeah. yeah, but would it be worth it? Like, what's more worth it? Having actual cash money, or well, expenses? if she ha- yeah, I guess yeah. We'll give her petty cash. <laughs> <laughs> Get a Slayer card. 
So yeah, but I, I think money is probably a better manipulation. Yeah, well, it's simpler, I guess. Device. Just, yeah. 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 Um, that's all the notes I've got. Okay. Um, oh. Is there anything you wanted to bring up? Uh, oh, hang on. Oh, actually, oh. there was something I wanted to bring up. The silent ending. Oh, okay. Yep. They did the silent ending this episode. So when he reveals that she is not a demon and a god and she's like, oh, and it does the cut to silence. Yes. Yep. So just a, a brief mention on that. So just it's usually an indication to the audience that shit's getting real. Yeah. So I've mentioned before. Yeah, I did find another note. Uh, why do you think the episode is called Checkpoint? And we've passed midway point of the season. <laughs> <laughs> well, does it, don't we have to check off? She has to check off all the little points before she can get the information she needs. Oh. oh, really? Is that why? You think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, well, that before works. she can pass. Yeah, get through the checkpoints. Yeah. 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 Um. And had you seen this episode? Uh, no, haven't seen this episode. New one to me. So that was a revelation for me, like I said before, that that she was a god. Like I, I didn't know. I just figured she was a demon. You know, the, the idea of meeting a god. She's not the god, is she? No. She's a, a god. She's just yeah. a god. Uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, kind of a big revelation. Mm. Yeah. Um, and did you go down any rabbit holes? Um, well, I did want to mention the actor who played Quinton Travis, Harris mm-hmm. Yulin. Yeah. Uh, this guy's been acting since the early 70s. <laughs> yeah. And he's not slowing down anytime soon. Uh, probably most memorable roles was he played the judge in Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> I remember that. If you remember, you remember yes, that scene? Yeah. Um, Training Day. I don't. I've never seen Training Day. I've really got. Yeah. I've seen all the memes for it, and he was in Ozark this first season as the. He was the old man who lived in a house with the family in the first season who had like a terrible illness or something, um, and just a long list of credits here. One thing that did catch my eye was he in any of the Law and Orders? Uh yes, he was. Yes, <laughs> was he in any of the CSIs? Uh yes, I think he was. <laughs> Hang on. Um uh, and any of the medical shows. <laughs> sorry, no, he wasn't in he wasn't in CSI. Uh 24. Ah, yeah. Uh medical shows, which ones? Like you know, ER. Oh, Grimes. ER. Um Third Watch. Oh, yeah, I think that, that counts. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. Yeah. Uh X-Files? Ah. Yeah. Um Frasier. <laughs> Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Ah, yeah. Yes. Yep. Lovely trick. That, that was the next one I was going to say. Is he in Star Trek? Yep. Yep. Uh, one show I did sort of catch my eye. Have you ever heard of a show called Police Woman? No. <laughs> So this was a uh, a show from 1974. Um, most of the cast of the show are still alive, which I think is an achievement at this as of 2023. This is a woman who goes undercover as a police woman. Never heard of, never heard of it. I'm guessing it maybe didn't come to Australia. I don't know. I never probably didn't make syndication. I was just watching a bit of it. Um, the classic sort of ding 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 yeah sort of. Uh, Music in it. Here, I play a little bit of it here. Who did 
this, do you? Won't you help us so they won't do this to someone like else? Classic sort of seventies sort of sides and corners. You can feel him if your hands are sensitive enough. So but yeah, she has to go undercover. They come up seven. You go up. I know. I just find these, these shows interesting. I never heard of them. <laughs> uh, who was the woman who played police woman? What's behind the police? Women, police, police woman. Angie Dickinson. She sounds fam- familiar. No, ever heard of her? I don't know. Not really a rabbit hole, but uh, old TV shows. I am a bit of a sucker for. I don't think I will watch this, but uh, yeah. So just one of many, many shows that have starred Harris Yulin. So uh, shout out to Harris Yulin for his dedication and may he continue working for the next 50 years, (laughs) I guess. I I know what else to say. Yeah, all right. Anyway, that was it. Um, all right, anything else you want to throw in, Eddie? Get into um, question time? Yeah, let's just get into let's question Let's get into question time. time. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. All right, Eddie. Go all for right. it. All right, Jared. Which character was your favourite in this episode? I liked Giles. Yep. Yeah, I thought Giles oh, was my favourite. The look on his face at the end when Buffy's doing that speech, he's just had proud papa <laughs> written all over his face. Yep. He was yeah. so proud of her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got Buffy. Buffy, yeah, yeah. that works. Yep. Uh, which character do you love to hate? Quentin Travis, I think, was the correct <laughs> answer on that one. Oh, I just have all watches of them. cancel all of them. They're yeah, all, all of them. All horrible. Yeah. They're all awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, LOL moment. Uh, I did like the scene where Spike and Joyce were watching Passions together. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we're going on about Timmy being stuck down the well. <laughs> yes. They're still on that plot thread. <laughs> yeah. Passions is coming on. Passions? Oh, do you think Timmy's really dead? Oh, no, no. She can just sew him back together. He's a doll, for God's sake. Uh, what about the wedding? I mean, there's no way they're going to go through with that. Is that all that show was about? Timmy falling uh, down a well? No, no. Okay. I don't think he actually ever did fall down a well. Uh, but, yeah. Is that one of those misquote things or something about the show? Or like beam me up Scotty sort of thing? Like something that never happened in a show but everyone remembers happening? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, all right. I just Timmy was like a doll that kept like he was a doll some of the times, and then he would come to life, and then all of a sudden, at one stage, he was just human again. Okay, yeah. all right. That sounds like something straight out of a David Lynch. <laughs> yeah, he it was. Was very, it anything to do with David Lynch? No. No. Okay. Uh, the LOL moment that I like is um when. Giles and Buffy are talking in the magic shop after the Watchers Council have left and Giles is talking about the Watchers Council and how good they are at the bureaucracy and that they can kill you with a, you know, the pen. Stroke of a pen. Stroke of a pen. (laughs) As he's talking that, he's cleaning his glasses and you just hear the glasses snap in his hand. Mm, Clean them so hard. I really hate those guys. Yeah. Um, but I might also mention the – I think it gets an honourable mention is uh, Anya's little, well, I was a demon. <laughs> oh, I don't <laughs> this, remember that part. Yeah. Um, it's when Buffy says we're talking about two 
powerful witches and a thousand-year-old ex-demon. And Anya asks, oh, yeah, yeah, asks yeah. up with, Willow's a demon? Yeah. <laughs> um, favourite fight scene? Uh, well, actually, my favourite fight scene was the one with Buffy fighting the vamp. I think it was the only one fight. Oh, actually, no, I think about it. The one with the Templars was pretty good. Okay. Yeah, the Templar one. Sorry, not Templars. The Knights <laughs> of the Sethian. I'm just gonna. Well, I'm gonna call them Templars from this point on. Right, Fuck you can it. Just call them the, the Templars. Templars. Yeah. Might as well. Um, yeah, but an honourable mention and maybe an honourable LOL moment in, in both was when she was fighting the vampire at the start, and uh, and she mentions how she she's arguing with the professor while she's <laughs> yes. hitting oh, the right. vampire, yeah, yeah. and the vampire's like, uh, "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> He actually yeah, looks yeah. a little bit disturbed. Like, oh, I yeah. think I think she I was, got the crazy was, vamp, crazy yeah. slayer. So, so yeah, that's my favorite um, fight, fight scene. scene. And it's yeah, it's it's her taking out her her aggression. Yeah, of course, on the yeah. This poor guy she, with her punching bag. Well, she pretty much got fully humiliated by the hmm. professor, and and then she gets humiliated by Spike. And oh well, you no, you're going to say mansplained, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Vamp-splained. Vamp-splained by Spike yeah. when he jumps in. Yeah. Uh, okay. Favourite scene. Now, I like this scene uh, and it's with Buffy and Glory. Gloria? I wrote down Gloria. It's Glory, yeah. isn't it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do they call her Gloria? It's just Glory. It's just Glory. And or it's either Glory or Glorificus. Glorificus. Yeah. <laughs> um, sounds like some sort of uh, debaucheous Roman activity. Mm. <laughs> the glorificus. The glorificus hole. And uh <laughs> and uh when Glory's talking to her and and uh Dawn comes up behind Glory as as uh as uh, she's talking to Buffy and Buffy's reaction, her f- her facial expressions when she sees Dawn and sees uh, as Glory mentions the key and it's that Bad poker face, I guess you could say. Yeah. But she's really trying to hold it together while she's talking about destro- utterly destroying the thing that's standing behind her that she doesn't know mm. or she doesn't know. So I really liked uh, SMG's performance in that. I thought it looked really good. Yeah. Uh, it was quite believable of trying to contain and, and... And Buffy is also in a lot of danger in that scene and Dawn is also in... A lot of danger in that scene. Yeah. So she's really trying not to react too much, to give too much away and control herself to not aggravate the situation because she knows that things will go bad. It's also that thing that Buffy's also been used to vampires who can't get in the house. Yeah. Like the house That house is her safe space. Yeah. And during the day as well. Yeah. So she can just walk in whenever she likes. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, props to SMG. So give... Give her a round of applause for that one. Here we go. Well done. I think you know what my favourite scene is. Uh, the end? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So her big speech. The beat down. I'll, I'll the do, drop the mic. I'll do her. I'll just do the little start of the okay, speech. Okay, just to do a little bit. Thank you. So we'll do the Buffy goes, no review, no interrogation, no questions you know I can't answer, no hoops, no jumps, and no interruptions. <laughs> See, I've had a lot of people talking at me in the last few days. Everyone just lining up to tell me how unimportant I am. And I finally figured out why. Power. I have it. They don't. This bothers them. That's all, okay, that, that, okay, that's yep. all I'll do from that okay, scene. Okay, all right. Thank you. 
it's a it's a long scene. It is, yeah. It's a great yeah. scene. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. I'll do yeah. That bit. I might do a little bit more. And okay. Well, the next <laughs> question. Oh, no, it's not. All right. Uh, least favorite scene. Um. Well, I thought the college scene was a bit dull. Oh, with the professor. Professor. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that scene was a bit forgettable. Okay. Um. Yeah. Probably the Watchers Council when they start interrogating her friends because it was sort of that kind of like when watching that the TikTok hearing on like the congressional hearing oh, okay where <laughs> going to make that comparison <laughs> no well it no it's that interrogation where whatever the answer you give they're going to turn it on you yeah so you know if you mention children it's like you love children you know that <laughs> that kind of thing where they yeah Whatever yeah. they said, like, you know, they say, oh, yeah, we help out the Slayer and we did like this conjoining spell and they're like, does she need your help a lot? <laughs> Is it Was it a little Terry Gilliam? Yeah, a little bit. A like little it, Terry Gilliam, But that it didn't scene? matter what they said, hmm. it was always going to be turned around on them yeah. as wrong. Like, um, especially like Willow and Tara. <laughs> Yeah, it's, they seem more like job interviews than uh, than review in, in questions, weren't they? Yeah. Well, it was like you know, what part do you play in the, hmm. sli- you know, in helping out the Slayer? And they're like, you know, we do research and yeah, like also having to explain themselves to these people who do absolutely nothing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we could go on all day about them. Yeah. Um, favorite quote. Well, I think your quote you just did then was pretty good. The uh, Buffy's drop the mic moment. Yeah. Um, I also like the, you guys didn't come all the way from England to determine whether or not I was good enough to be let back in. You came to beg me to let you back in. Yeah. <laughs> and give your jobs, your lives, some semblance of meaning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. She's good, yeah. calling him out on their... Bullying tactics, yeah, pretty much. And then you know you can't, you can never go past the power. I have it. They don't. This bothers them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Story of our life, really. Oh, it really is. It's a good metaphor for politics. Actually, time. and and just a little side note because we were watching the screen movies a lot lately, mm. and I'd just seen a little bit of a parallel between uh, Sydney's character and Buffy's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, coincidentally, SMG was in the second one that I completely forgot. Yeah, um, CC, CC. <laughs> but um, the the final scene in every scream film is the killer just completely going crazy, like you know, foam frothing at the mouth of like just completely. Because considering they've been in control the whole time, then they yeah. just sort of lose their shit at the end. But when they're doing their explanation, explanation, and they it's do all the this- crazy. Sometimes I just go crazy. I was the killer the whole time. I was worried about you, Mary. <laughs> and a, yeah, I'm feeling kind of kind of woozy. Um, and and how they always blame everything on Sydney, and it's yes. all her fault yeah. that this happened. If she had only just not existed or yes. something, like she. <laughs> Literally does nothing in the shows, in the movies, to deserve all the hatred that she gets. But yeah. it happens every time of that speech at the end of "It was always you, and it was never me." And no, and it's like she gets blamed for the blamed. Sin. Yeah, no, she, so she always gets blamed for the sins of her mother. 
Yeah, or other people, even just existing as well. Like you and get then all she was the... getting blamed for the sins of her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like was... Yeah, and a brother she didn't know was somehow her fault. Uh, and yeah, just... that, that was yeah. the sins of her mother. Uh, yeah, and it just reminds me of kind of this Buffy's parallel that everything she's done is wrong and it's all her fault. Yeah. When she really hasn't done anything yes. <laughs> to deserve yeah. it. And I, I just saw the kind of a parallel between the Scream films uh, character, Sydney and Buffy of the Vampire Slayer. So I, I thought that was a little interesting. So a little side note there. Yeah, but sort of being – yeah, you do, you do have a good point though. Like they're both always thrown into these situations that they don't get any say in it. Well, it's not like they even accidentally created these situations. Mm. Like maybe they had some – Con- uh, they contributed somehow to the situation, or they accidentally run over well, someone, or they did the way something. That they contributed you know? was that they didn't die. <laughs> yeah, 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 the yeah. First time. Oh, it's just envy of them, you know. Like, oh, how dare you get all that attention and not me? And yeah, you got all those subscribers, and I don't. <laughs> Blah. Anyway, moving on. All right, who gets the wooden spoon? Uh, oh, the Watchers Council get the wooden spoon, don't they, Eddie? They, there's really no question about that. Oh, there is? We yeah, I'll give it to the Knights because oh, the they – Oh, the Knights? Do you know why? You know what? I completely forgot about the Knights Templar. <laughs> um, That's how relevant why? they are. Do you know are. why? Why? Because they make me lose my suspension of disbelief. Okay. <laughs> they break the. They, they, they break it. Yeah. They break it for me. Uh, yeah. I, I, it fully removes me. Yeah. Which you never want in a in your fantasy TV series. Yeah, fair. Like, that's a that's a fair call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they're so irrelevant. I'd even I'd even forgotten about oh, them. So. Get, but they get worse. That's the problem. Um, who's the MVP of the episode? I gave it to Spike. All right. I thought Spike saved Buffy at the start. <laughs> did not. He did. She was struggling. No, she wasn't. Yeah, she, she was, was struggling. She was getting a cur- you know she was just. Letting off some steam. Yeah, I know. No, she, yeah, no, she needed help. I could tell. Hold the door open for her next time. And uh, taking on Joyce and Dawn as well. He didn't have to do that. That was nice of him. Okay. Staying in a nice, dark, dingy crypt. Yeah. The whole. I loved what you've neglected to do with the place. <laughs> I love what you've neglected to do <laughs> yes. with the place. Actually, that should have been. I did see that quote. That was should have been it. All right, yep. that can be your that quote. Be, I love what you've neglected to do to with the place. place. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm I'm going with Buffy because she she realizes that they all get their power from trying to convince Buffy yeah. that she doesn't have any. I know. Look, it, it really was Buffy, but I just try. I know it's always her, so I try to give it to someone else. <laughs> Sometimes it did in something. This ca- in this case, I yeah, I sort of have to give it to Buffy because yeah. She yeah. she really is the centre of this episode. She is. Um, to name to the name. <laughs> yeah, but she isn't. It doesn't always revolve around her. Like the last episode really didn't. No, true. She yeah, was pretty yeah. much a B plot in the last episode. Mm. Um, what do you rate this episode out of ten? Using something from the episode. Uh, I will give it. Five, maybe six broken glass lenses from rubbing them too hard. <laughs> broken glasses? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I give this eight out of ten statues that melt eyeballs. Oh, yeah. Can't give those out for free, can you? No. Yeah. All right, Eddie. Well, it uh, looks like we've reached the end of the episode. Halfway through the hump. Oh, over the hump now, I should say. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're getting there. Getting there, yeah. Getting close to our 100th. We're going to do something special for our 100th, haven't we? What are we going to do? Um, a, a podcast episode. <laughs> Got to get there first. Got to get there first. It's a struggle. It is. Yeah. Not really. So, can we just wrap this up, Eddie? All right, then. Let's just wrap this up. Yeah. Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us tonight. We are Nerd Subculture. My name is Jared. I'm Edwina. And where can you find us, Edwina? Well, you can find us and follow us on TikTok, YouTube and Twitter. And you can email us at nerdsubculture at gmail.com. And if you want to help out the podcast, please follow the link tree on the socials for the merch store. Uh, yes, and I've opened another tier on the Patreon. You buy us a coffee for five bucks. <laughs> All right, Got coffee. nothing on the Patreon. Well, no, it's just five bucks. So, yeah, no, buy right. me a coffee or something. But, uh, yeah. And uh, Eddie makes some really cool videos on YouTube. Make sure you give a like and a chat to that. So, yeah. All right. So, we'll wrap this up and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Say me. The same!